0: I'm reading from the King James, teaching from the King James. And the reason is not because I'm in love with the King James Bible, but because as it relates to the Bible tools, the helps, the materials that you can actually search the scriptures out with in the original Hebrew or the original Greek, then the King James Bible is the best Bible for that as it relates to the tools. As you will probably realize at some point, the Strong's Concordance, many of the lexicons and other Bible tools that people use for researching and studying are geared from the King James and the numbering systems in the Strong's are compatible. And so for that cause, we use the King James Bible in our teaching and because this is a training center. Shalom, saints, and welcome to our verse-by-verse study of the Gospel According to John. I'm your host and teacher, Arthur Bailey. From the time of Moses up until the time of Yeshua, the people of Israel were looking for the one that Moses and the prophets spoke about. This prophet, the Almighty, was going to send the children of Israel, must Yeshua spent the bulk of his ministry speaking to people who supposedly had the Word, but were following the traditions they had been taught as the Word. The people had eyes but could not see, and ears but could not hear. They couldn't see the Messiah who was standing in front of them because their religion, their teachings, their traditions blinded them to the truth of what is actually written. The message title in this podcast is, The Bread of Life, The Word of God. So, let's study. So John chapter six, verse 32. Then Yeshua said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. And remember last week they were challenging him. uh, Moses gave us the bread from heaven. What you going to give us? Because remember Moses said that there would be one likened unto him that the almighty was going to sin and that they the children of israel must shema and so from the time of moses up until the time of yeshua the people of israel were looking for the one that moses spoke about and the prophets and so now that he has manifest they're saying in comparison to what moses did moses did miracles Now you'll notice that the prophets did miracles, Moses did miracles, but the ordinary people, for whatever reason, we don't see them doing miracles in the Old Testament. We don't see the people doing miracles in the wilderness. We don't see the ordinary people doing miracles and signs and wonders in the Tanakh, However, the prophets were ordinary people. You see how I just sneak that in on you? (laughs) The prophets were ordinary people. Those who were called by the Almighty had the ability to hear his voice, had the ability to perform miracles, to be led by the spirit, to see and to do things that other people only marveled at. Now, remember, when Jehovah brought the children of Israel out of the wilderness, he desired to speak to all of his people. But the people in the wilderness decided they didn't want him talking to them. They wanted him to talk to Moses. They put a middleman between them and the Almighty. Very much like people do today in the religion. In churches, putting a middleman. People would much rather have somebody between them and the Almighty than to have direct access to the Almighty for some reason. And I have to tell you that people have tried to do that to me, and I've had to resist. There are people, I listen to stories of individuals in their relationship with their church their relationship with their preacher, their relationship with their rabbi, their relationship with their bishop. And I'm, I'm astonished that there are so many people in religion that don't move or do anything without the permission of the bishop, without the permission of the rabbi, without the permission of the elder, without the permission of the apostle, without the permission of the father without the permission of the priests. And there are people who want to put somebody between them and the almighty who is going to tell them what the almighty is saying as if they can't hear from the almighty for themselves. Now understand that father did put order. There is an order by which he does things. There is a, hierarchy by which he institute his way and his plan in the earth in this particular passage the people are looking to yeshua like their forefathers looked to moses but remember now remember this the forefathers frustrated moses the forefathers caused moses to be so frustrated to where moses disregarded what the Almighty said to him when he said, speak to the rock, and he hit the rock. Why? Because he was frustrated with the people. It's a dangerous thing when you are between the people and him. Father's jealous. He will give his apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, instructions to give to the people but not for the people to look to the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teachers. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are people who have the Holy Spirit who don't feel as if they need to test the Spirit or be tested by them who also have the Spirit. The Bible tells us that when Father spoke concerning the prophets, especially in the congregation among believers, he says, if there be prophets among you, let them speak one at a time. Let the others judge. We are supposed to test the spirit. How do you know if the Holy Spirit is leading you? What do you use to test him by? His word. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So Moses was frustrated by the children of Israel. And here it is, the children of Israel is trying to frustrate Yeshua. But see, Yeshua got something for. Them. For the bread of Elohim is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. And so here in John chapter 6, starting in verse 32, and John chapter 6, verse 33, we see some things going on here. That you may not necessarily be aware of. Yeshua spent the bulk of his ministry speaking to people who supposedly had the word, but were following the traditions they had been taught as the word. See, people who are on the grace kick don't even really understand grace, they see it as some magical formula that releases them from any responsibility as if father has done it all and they don't have to do nothing. All they have to do is receive and believe and that's it. And this is where most grace people are in their thinking because the moment you try to put some responsibility as it relates to the word They don't feel that they have to do anything concerning the word because father has already through Jesus, Yeshua, paid the price and anything that they do to add to that would be neglecting the finished work of the cross. Let me tell you something. Your works is what brings glory to the almighty. What works? That's a different Teaching. The people were following traditions they had been taught as the word. Have you heard people use what Paul said concerning being nailed to the cross? That's a favorite. Now, Paul was speaking not literally, because we know what was nailed to the cross. If we were to look at the physical Crucifixion, there was a placard nailed to the cross. And that placard was in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek concerning the King of the Jews. There was no Torah nailed to the cross. There was no law nailed to the cross. Yeshua was nailed to the cross. But individuals take that and what Paul said and say, okay, Yeshua. The law was nailed to the cross or whatever. It doesn't really make sense, but it makes sense to them. Why? Because that's what they've been taught. People come to the things of Jehovah based on their teaching, even when what the word is clearly saying. And regardless to what people would say, Paul said, Paul is not our savior. Let's remember that. Paul didn't shed one ounce of blood for none of us. None of us was baptized in Paul's name. Paul taught as he understood. And so do we. The people had eyes, but could not see and ears, but could not hear. Because of this, Yeshua spoke to them in parables. When asked by his disciples, after speaking about the parable of the sore, why he spoke to the people in parables, here's what Yeshua said. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered them and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables. Because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. Now the thing is, is that they were looking right smack dab in the face of the word. They were looking right smack dab in the face of the bread of life and they could not see. They couldn't see Who was standing in front of them because their religion, their teachings, their traditions blinded them to the truth of what is actually written. And this is why many people today, you can talk to them and talk to them and talk to them. And they keep regurgitating the same old stuff, the same old stuff, because that's all they know. They're saying the same old thing. And no matter what you say, it's like they can't hear it. No matter what you show them, it's like they can't see it. But that's not all. Because if that was the case, Yeshua's disciples would not have been his followers. They were able to see, but get this. They saw with their eyes. And when they saw with their eyes, when they saw the works he did, when they saw the miracles he did, they saw something that they had not seen before and nobody they knew had seen anybody do what he was doing. And this is the works, brothers and sisters. See, there's natural works that you can do and somebody may be thankful for it. But when you begin to do the works of Elohim, like Yeshua did the works of Elohim. When you begin to walk in signs and wonders, doing the miracles operating in the power of the Holy Spirit, manifesting the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, declaring heaven coming down to earth, manifesting in the lives of people, delivering them, healing them, setting them free, opening their eyes, causing them and helping them to walk in truth and out of bondage. I'm telling you, that's the work that brings glory to his name there's hundreds of food pantries in this city we ran a food pantry for 15 years and people were thankful for the bread but the bread of life they weren't in a position to receive because they already had their churches they already had their knowledge and their understanding of God so they weren't open to hearing beyond what they had already heard and most people today go to church out of tradition half the people more than half the people don't even bring a bible to church no more folks don't even take notes no more folks used to buy the dvd or the cassette or or the eight track whatever the ministry had folks don't buy that anymore when you listen when you pay attention brothers and sisters And I'm not fussing at you, but I kind of am. When you pay attention to what you gaze on for the majority of the day and what you listen to for the majority of the day, it'll tell you where your heart is. We do quotes and words and we put them out in our emails. And Father encouraged me to post the first song. Just the first couple of verses. Blessed is the man who walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, the, the counsel of the ungodly is not world in the Hebrew, but the counsel of the world is ungodly. Blessed is a man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, nor standeth in the way of sinners. But his delight is in the law of Jehovah and in his law does he meditate how often day and night See that's a memory verse for you But then it goes further say he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers and this tree will give fruit when in season won't be like that in, with the wicked. So when we begin to meditate on the word, that means you got to, you got to have something to meditate, which means you've remembered something to have it. Because see, if you haven't remembered the scripture, how are you going to meditate on the scripture? You can't meditate on something you don't remember. Can you? And if you don't remember the scriptures to meditate on it, I guarantee you, you are meditating during the course of the day. What are you meditating on? Ask yourself these things, brothers and sisters. This is why I've committed myself to the word. Why? Because in dealing with you, I got to deal with you according to the word. Some people say, you know, I heard somebody saying, And it's like, you know what? I don't even engage with fools anymore. You know how I know I'm dealing with a fool? Because they don't want to hear truth. And what is truth? The word. If I'm sharing the truth of his word, but you don't want to hear it. You want to argue with truth, with your memory verses from the church then I'll let you deal with the other people. You, you can have fun with them, but I don't have time to be trying to teach a fool. A fool will waste your time. They'll suck up all your energy. They'll suck up all your time. They'll ask questions they aren't even interested in the answers to because the questions is a setup to come about with their understanding to argue and to dispute. What you got to say. There's a lot of folks on Facebook who will dispute with you. Get in some of those forums. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't have time for foolish people. I only have time for the people who are interested in hearing. You'll find that that's the kind of people Yeshua spent his time around. He got away from folks who had their own agendas. He called his disciples and he spent his time with them And when he dealt with the masses, this is what he said to them. He says, they have ears, but they can't hear. They can't hear. I try to show them things, but they can't see it. What's hindering a person from seeing and hearing? Because they've saw and they've heard. And they hold on to what they saw and what they heard, (laughs) which gets in the way of his truth. But he says lest they should hear lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. The people had closed themselves off to the truth. Yeshua came to teach them because they in their minds already had the truth. The people needed a healing of the heart. In Matthew 13:16 He says, but blessed are you speaking to his disciples. So here you see, Yeshua's got these individuals who are following him. And when they follow him, they have the benefit of seeing and asking questions. They have the the benefit of seeing and hearing and asking questions when they lacked understanding. The people, the masses didn't ask questions. And typically when they did ask questions, their questions were designed to try to trap him. This is what people do to you. Their questions are designed, many of them, to try to trap you. And you have to be mindful of people who are asking questions, not because they are interested in hearing the answer, but they're ready for a debate, a dispute an argument. This is what Yeshua was dealing with. They didn't ask questions to learn. They asked questions to try to trap him. But he turned to his disciples. He says, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Why? They spent time with the master. They walked with him. They saw, they heard. And they ask questions. A parable brothers and sisters is like a proverbial saying a parable is like an earthly story with a heavenly meaning or a natural saying with a hidden meaning. Like that person is smart as a, a whip. Where I come from, it's a Fox, but anyway, depending on what neck of the wood or what country you come from, <laughs> or what part of the country you come from. There are sayings that people say that the people in that part of the country understand. You see, Yeshua spoke. There are times in the gospels when a parable is announced as a parable before it is spoken. And there are times in the gospels where a parable is being spoken unannounced. Now this is important for you to know. It's important. Otherwise, it wouldn't be in the PowerPoint. Matthew, Mark, and Luke mentions the words parable and parables 46 times. John casually mentions the word in passing once. And that is in John 10, 6. And this is the only place you find it in John. It says, this parable spoke Yeshua unto them, but they understood not what things they were, which he spake unto them. Now in Matthew, Matthew says, and he spoke a parable. And then Yeshua would say, and he gave them a parable. John, I mean, Mark and Luke would make those statements, but John doesn't do that. Now, if John is with the same Yeshua, Matthew is with, Mark and Luke is writing about, and he spoke in parables in their gospels, did he not speak in parables in John? See, the thing is is that John doesn't announce when he's speaking in parables. And so you could be reading a parable and not even know you're in a parable. And this is important, and you'll see here, when Yeshua spoke parables, the people did not understand. Yeshua in this passage speaks of himself as the bread of life. He says, I'm the bread of life. And then later on, he's going to say, eat me. And they're going to have an issue with what he's saying because they don't understand. So he spoke of himself as the bread of life, just as he spoke to the woman at the well of himself as living water in John 14. So when he said to the woman, you know, that I have this living water that if you drink this water, you'll never thirst again. The woman said, give me this water. First, she said, how you gonna get water and you don't even have a bucket to draw with? And so Yeshua was taking the water from the well and talking about living water, which was himself. And she finally figured out once he moved into prophetic mode and began to speak to her about herself. I'm going to give you something here, brothers and sisters, because it's so important. When you are dealing with people, when you're talking with people, know this. Just as Father knows all about you, he knows all about the person you're talking to. Now, you can give people your wisdom, your knowledge, and your understanding, or you can listen to him. And let him give you wisdom and knowledge about the person. Just like Yeshua, who spoke to the woman at the well. And when he started telling her about herself, all of a sudden, her head cleared up. She said, obviously you are prophet. Do you know that you, you may not have the title of prophet. But the fact that you can hear from the almighty, the fact that you can speak for the almighty the fact that you are called to be an amb- ambassador as an ambassador you are one who represents him in the earth as his representative who have a relationship with him who can hear his voice you can hear him when he's speaking to you while you're talking to someone else and decide to give them what he's giving you just like I'm doing right here today some of you have been aware but not even knowing that father is speaking to you about a person and you're wondering why you're seeing the things you're seeing and the stuff that's going on in your head while you're talking to somebody. Because if you haven't made the connection, you'll think it's just your mind. You'll think that you're just having these ideas and these thoughts. There are people, some of us have gotten so strong of a word. Father says, I want you to speak to that person, and now we got to lay out a fleece. We got to go through all of this to say, you know, if this is you, because I don't want to look foolish. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to make myself going up to that person and saying something. They don't know me. So we go through all of this mental warfare while Father is trying to reach somebody. Person, you just passed. Could be on their way to rob a bank, on their way to harm somebody, on their way to blow somebody up, on their way to jump off a bridge, on their way to do some mass suicide. You have no idea, but Father knows the person. And let me tell you something. You are never any place where Father don't know where you are. Everywhere you've been and everything you've been around, if you are in his plan, in his will, you were in his will and didn't even know it. There's been times when he has wanted to use you and you recognize after the fact that he was trying to use you, but the moment is past. When you get the idea that he's trying to use you all the time, then you would now hopefully try to be mindful of him trying to use you all the time and try to be in tune with him. All the time, because here's the thing. If you are not in tune with him, you are missing him. Now ask yourself, how much are you in tune with him over the course of the day? Then you will conclude how much you miss him over the course of the day. See, the world and the business of the world. Remember when when Yeshua talked about this sword, he, he gets to the point to where His disciples asked him why he speak to the people in parable. He was talking about the sore and he was talking about the cares of this world. Some people, they hear the word, but then the cares of this world come and just cause them to forget about the word. See, the way I knew the cares of the world was dealing with me is that I spent so much time praying and didn't remember most of the prayers I prayed. Ever prayed in the morning and you're going through the day and your mind is not on the prayers you've prayed? We've prayed, I've prayed, simply going through, just going through the motion. Why? Because I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to pray. I'm a Christian. That's where I was. I'm supposed to read my Bible. I read my Bible, okay. I need to memorize some verses and I spend my day trying to memorize a verse but not applying the verse. One of the first verses they taught me to memorize was this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth but thou shalt meditate on it day and night that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein then thou wilt make thy way prosperous and will have good success. The Baptist taught me this. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you reject this book of the law. The Baptist taught me. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, or sit, or the scorner, or sit in the seat of the of the sinner, or stand in the way of the sinner and uh, one of them. is ungodly scorners and sinners. That's for sure. Who standeth not in the way of the sinner, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, (laughs) but his delight is in the law. You're teaching me that my delight is supposed to be in the law, but teaching me that I'm not under the law. How can my delight be in something I'm not under? How can my delight be in something that I'm not even supposed to be keeping? I'm being taught things. To do that has no bearing on what I'm being taught to believe. It's unfortunate. So the woman at the well, she got it, but what got her? See, she was having a normal conversation with Messiah until Messiah told her to go get her husband. He <laughs> just changed a little bit of the conversation and started ministering to her by the Spirit. And the woman said, Oh, I see now. I'm I'm not dealing with some just any ordinary thirsty (laughs) joke. This is a prophet. And she transitioned into spiritual questions that caused her to realize because he spoke to her from the spirit. This is how we have to interact and commune when we're dealing with people, verse 34, I need to move on. I'm so far behind. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. And Yeshua said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that you also have seen me and believe not. Now the people saw Yeshua with their eyes and heard Yeshua with their ears, but they did not believe all that time. Verse 37 All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Verse 39 And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that all of which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is these words that Yeshua spoke that John referenced in the opening chapter of his gospel when he wrote these words. He says, many, but as many as received him, to them gave he power. To receive him are the people who saw him, who saw him but received him. And you're going to see why these words are so important here in a moment. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of Elohim, even to them that believe on his name. There is the natural human name of Jesus, Yeshua, and there is the spiritual parabolic name of Yeshua, Emmanuel, How many of you have ever called Yeshua or Jesus Emmanuel? Only when you've read in the Bible. Most of you. What does Emmanuel mean? Now notice what Matthew says. Matthew says, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us or Elohim with us. Now, get this. They shall call his name. Emmanuel. There is not one reference in the New Testament where anyone called him Emmanuel. Not one. See, those are natural words, but the implication is they shall call his name Elohim with us. In other words, when they call him they are recognizing, they are recognizing that Elohim is with us. It's not so much a name as much as it is a presence. You see, that's spiritual. Now, Revelation nineteen thirteen says, And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the word of Elohim. You see this. There is not one reference in the New Testament where anyone called Yeshua the word of Elohim. But just because the people didn't know don't mean he didn't know who he was. He knew who he was. What was he? He was and is Elohim with us, the word of Elohim. So how was Elohim with us? As the word, as the word. When I was in church, they used to say, listen, you want to hang around Christians. You want to be in fellowship with, with like-minded believers. So what would we do? Well, if some like-minded believers got together and wanted to play poker, you're in fellowship with believers. And if you're playing poker with believers, he's in the midst of you. Like-minded believers want to go on an excursion to Las Vegas. We don't want to go with heathens. We want to go with the brethren. So the brethren take a trip to Las Vegas. And while they're in Las Vegas, because they are gathered together, he's in the midst of them. It don't work that way. See, what it means is when he's in the midst of us, that means his word is in the midst of us. When you gather together in his word, he is in the midst of you because where his word is, he is. Just because you're gathering together with people who talk about they are believers, don't mean he's in the midst of you. But this is how the natural interpret what is written. I'll show you here in a moment. John introduces us to Yeshua in his opening sentence with these words In the beginning was the word, and the Word was with Elohim. And the word was Elohim. So who is Yeshua? He's the word. To receive Yeshua is to receive the word of Elohim. The word Elohim became flesh. And whoever received the word to them gave he the power. See what transform you from a, son of darkness or daughter of darkness to a son or daughter of light is not your church attendance. It's not your praise and worship. It's his word, his word in you, his word with you. If you want to be transformed, it's the word that transform you. This is why the mind has to be renewed. The mind is not renewed in remembering verses of scriptures that you don't apply in your life. It's like, why are y'all teaching me to meditate on the book of the law, but teach me we're not under the law? What sense does that make? You're teaching me to memorize verses that you have thrown away. What are you doing We were taught to go through the motion, to go through the motion, to go to church. Well, brother, you need to go to church for what? Well, you just need to go to church. Why? Because believers go to church. How can you call yourself a believer and you don't go to church? Go to church for what? Why am I here? Because obviously the preacher and and all these announcements and and all this stuff y'all are saying, how is it changing my life? How can I be in the midst of a church service lusting? How can I be in the midst of a church service contemplating adultery, contemplating fornication? I came high, going to get high when I leave. How can I be a deacon and a drunk? An elder and an adulterer. How can people who call themselves believers be engaged in the activity that unbelievers are engaged in. Well, brother, you know, there's, there's saved fornicators, (laughs) praise the Lord. And there's unsaved fornicators. I heard people saying, and I'm still trying to figure this out. Two white sheets can't dirty one another. See what they were saying. It's two saints sinning ain't sinning. The church, and I'm not trying to knock the church because when I say the church, see, here's what some people who have an issue with somebody seeming like they knock in the church, they themselves are knocking it. How do they knock it? Well, if you ain't part of my church, you ain't saved. Well, if you're not in this denomination, you're going to hell. Well, if you're not hearing our bishop, you're not getting the truth. Churches divide. Yeshua didn't come to build division. He didn't come to establish groups who didn't talk to others, who didn't fellowship with each other. See, the real saints of the Most High don't get caught up in denominationalism. They don't identify with some group and some statement of faith. They identify with what is written. And when they recognize that their lives are not aligned with what is written, they realize they need to change. They need to repent. We come as we are, but we don't stay as we were. There is a growth. And if there's no growth from infancy to maturity, There's a problem. If you're still telling them same old sad stories and jokes, you know, testimony that you had 20 years ago, is there any new movement? What has he done for you lately? What has he done in you? What has he done through you? How has he used you? Are you even available to be used? The Jews then, verse 41, murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven, verse 42. And they said, is not this Yeshua, the son of Joseph? See, here they're trying to attribute some nat- natural identification and by contributing. See, there are people who will try to keep you in the natural. They won't let you walk in the spirit. You start talking about spiritual thing and they want to change the subject. Their conversations is all about the natural. They want to talk about their children, their grandchildren, their, and that's wonderful. You know, I was watching, I'm about to get in trouble, but I'm going there. People have to be careful that they don't find themselves getting in the way of the Almighty. I was saying to some folks, you know, you got mama, she got a 30-year-old boy, and she calling the, the boy her child. It's like, really? Her baby. It's like, really? See, I'm going to tell you, parents, and this is hard. It's hard, but it's important. It's so vital. We are given these children for a period of time to put to instill his word, his commandments in us. Every last one of you, every last one of you, look back and those of you who have yet to break out. And what I mean by break out, most of us couldn't wait to get out of the house. Most of us couldn't wait to leave. Most of us couldn't wait until we got of age. Some of us ran away. Some of us wanted to get married early. We just wanted to get out from underneath the rules of our parents. Today, children ain't trying to get away. They want to stay and openly defy. The child want to bring the parent Under their authority. That was nonsense in my day. Man, I'm going to tell you, every one of the children that I knew, parents would tell them, boy, I brought you in this world. I brought you in this world. The fear of the parent was prevalent. The children understood whose house they was in. They understood the rules. Today, they're holding parents hostage. And parents are letting themselves be held hostage talking about my baby, my baby, my baby. And they play on that my baby. You better learn. You have a window of time to instruct that child, to infuse in that child, the word of the almighty, to teach them the fear of the almighty, because it used to be at some point they were leaving. Now, now, it's like they don't want to keep his commandments stand up in your house. They don't want to honor his Sabbath staying up in your house. They don't want to keep his commandments and do what is required of them staying up in your house. And if you allow that, you are as guilty as they are. I don't care what the world around you said. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the world. <clears throat> his delight is in the law of Jehovah in his law. Do he meditate day and night? That's the man who's going to prosper in the kingdom. Verse 42. Well, the Jews didn't murmur at him because he said, I'm the bread, which came down from heaven. And they said, it is not this Yeshua, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know. How is it then that, that he said that came down from heaven. You see what they just did. They denied. They denied what he said. They rejected what he said. He was speaking to them from the supernatural, but they put him in the natural. And there are people who try to discount me. Let me tell you something. If you let people discount you, then that's up to you. I know who I am. And the sooner you embrace who you are, the quicker you're going to be able to deal with the pushback. I had to learn something. My father and I assume his father and other fathers back in the day understood. See, parents back in my day weren't trying to be their children's friends. They were too busy being parents. They weren't trying to hang out with their children, getting high with their children dressing like their children, borrowing their children's clothes, wearing the same t-shirt, we sisters. No, you're not. Parents in my day didn't play with their children. They understood that there was a parent and a child. They didn't mingle the line. Today, that is not the case. And so when you become Friends with your child, when you're serious, your child doesn't take you serious because you play with them. And my dad taught me some things. And it's not like he sat me down and he taught me these things. He taught me these things by example. My dad didn't play football with me. He came to my baseball games, but he didn't throw ball and catch and and all that stuff. And, you know, parents today, they want to be good parents and play with their children. And that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'm I'm not knocking that. But what I learned from my dad is I learned work. I learned that if you want to eat. You better work. Now, he didn't quote the scripture, if a man don't work, he don't eat. He lived it. My dad taught me, if you're going to live in this house, you got to bring something to the table. What you going to bring to the table? Don't bring no sass in mouth. Don't bring no attitude. How are you contributing to this family? Because if you're not bringing anything to the table, you dead weight. Now, this doesn't sound like, you know, Encouragement. So, I'm chopping cotton. I'm picking cotton. I'm mowing lawns. I'm raking leaves. I'm cleaning up at the house. My mama teaching me how to cook. Learning how to cook. Learning how to do all the stuff. Because you know what they're training me for? They're training me to lead. That's what they're teaching me. They're getting me ready to lead. And they remind you, you're going to leave because when you're 18, you got to go. Now, that sounds cruel, don't it? It does. It sounds cruel. But if you don't take that attitude, you're not training them to leave. And if you're not training them to leave, you're equipping them to stay. That's what you're doing. You're crippling them. You call it love. My daddy taught me that we wasn't fully going to understand what all this meant until we got our own children. In the process of teaching us these things, they were putting in us the cycle of life. You're born, you go to school, you get education, you get married, you get education, you get a job, you get married. <laughs> And you raise a family. Now, the real lessons in life, in the child's life, don't start until they start raising their own children. See, you will never really understand that kind of leadership until you're in that position. Today, children don't want to get married. They don't want to have children, many of them. But that's the cycle of life because you don't come into the fullness of who you are if you break the cycle. Childbearing was part of the process, it's all through the scriptures. Unless you are going to be a eunuch, unless your life is committed to the way the word, the plan and purpose of the kingdom to where you don't have a wife and children because your life is dedicated to advancing the kingdom. That's the only other way to go other than family. If you don't have children, what do you do? Sit around and play video games. If you don't have somebody to take your focus off of yourself. See children grow us up. They will grow you up. You learn how to reason. You learn how to bargain. You learn how to navigate. There are things you will not learn until you have a child. And you know, one of the first things a child is going to make you unselfish. When you got to take, Your money and feed them. When you don't want to be bothered and they cry, they grow you up. But that's part of the plan, brothers and sisters. And they said, Is not this Yeshua the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he said, I came down from heaven? Yeshua therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. It's like, why are they talking to themselves? And I'm right here. Why are they murmuring among themselves? And I'm right here where they can ask a question. He says, don't murmur among yourselves. No man can come to me except the father, which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. What is he saying? Listen, I'm preaching to y'all, but all y'all ain't going to get it. And I'll know who it is because father's going to draw them. Those of you who are giving me a hard time and is, is going to walk away. I ain't mad at you. Why? Because it's not your time. This is what I'm to put my focus in. And Yeshua knew this. And so he says, no man can come to me except the father, which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets and they shall be all taught of Elohim. Every man, therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the father cometh unto me. The Psalms, Jeremiah, Isaiah, they all talk about the fact that Father is going to teach us. He's gonna write his law. He's the day is gonna come when no man is gonna have to teach another man. Why? Because he's teaching us. Who? Yeshua. Yeshua is the word, brothers and sisters. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by who? Elohim, every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh to me. Why? Because I am His Word. Because of your relationship with the Father, you recognize His Word. If you can't recognize His Word that I am bringing to you, then you're not you're not of His, and I'm not responsible for you. Now I know that sounds tough, but this is Yeshua's walk. Not that any man has seen the Father, save he which is of Elohim. He hath seen the Father. And so, here's the lesson. Natural bread does not bring forth eternal life. The manna, although it came from heaven, was for the sustaining of the physical natural body. Yeshua, the bread of life, also came from heaven. But as the word of Elohim, he is the spiritual bread that sustains the spirit man unto eternal life. I'll lean into that in a moment. When Yeshua speaks of eating his flesh and drinking his blood, he is speaking of himself as the word of Elohim. Verily, verily, I say unto you, verse 47, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. Natural food is not going to sustain you supernaturally. It is the word which is supernatural that sustains you supernaturally. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. Yeshua says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. And if any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh. It's my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Now, in order for you to understand, these passages, you're going to have to look at Yeshua as the word, not as a person, not the name, but the word, the word, which became flesh. Don't separate the flesh from the word that became flesh to receive the man, to receive the Messiah is to receive the word. And so, you know, people want to sing Jesus, Jesus, or the name Jesus. And that seems spiritual. It does. It has a nice feel to it, warm and fuzzy. It makes you feel like you're part of a true worship environment. But true worship, brothers and sisters, is walking in the word. True worship. Is walking in the truth. True worship is understanding that He is spirit and truth. The Word of Elohim is grace and truth. When Yeshua became the Word, when the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, what was dwelling among us in the person of the fleshly being? The Word. The Word was in our midst. It's the word that transforms you. Preaching and teaching don't change you because you can listen to a preacher for an hour and not be changed. If the preaching, you know, I'm I'm listening to some of these guys and they're telling stories. Beautiful stories, inspiring stories, but stories don't change us. See, when I'm standing face to face with the word and I'm tempted to lie. And I remember liars will not inherit the kingdom, but this is not a real lie. This is a little white lie. It's one of those lies everybody telling, surely father's not going to hold that against me because I'm, I'm telling a lie. you know, it's, it's not one of them kind of lies that, you know, people going suffer from It's it's just a lie that's just going to preserve the relationship for now and smooth things over for a while until I figure out, but it's a lie. Now, if I don't understand the word where it says liars will not inherit the kingdom, is a little white lie a lie? Is it not a lie? Now, I know that a little white lie is a little different than a bold-faced lie. Emphasis. But a lie is a lie. So what lie is okay with? But does it stop people from lying? What about believers? What about so-called saints? See, when a saint lie, the saint don't understand liars will not inherit the kingdom. That's the word. For some reason, for them, there is an exception. Well, that don't apply to me because I'm saved by grace. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Really? So because you're saved by grace, hallelujah, praise the Lord, you can lie. Well, it's not a lie. It's just a partial truth. I just left a little some out. So I'm going to tell you, when you start to look at this from the perspective of how it's given to us, when I'm standing face to face in a situation and I have to make a decision, what is my decision being based on? am I making my decision based on my knowledge and understanding of what is written? Because if I'm making decisions based on something other than what he said, then obviously I haven't acknowledged him in this. I'm going a different way. I got a better plan than to be going through the word and acknowledging him and filtering my decision through the word. Now, I can't do it if I don't know the word, but yet I'm making decisions. And I'll tell you something, brothers and sisters. If it wasn't for the word, I would have made some decisions. And the only possible beneficiary would be me. I have been forced to make some decisions based on what is written that is contrary to the decisions I would have made. If I didn't take into the equation what is written, our decisions, our decision making should be taken as the psalmist says that, or the, the writer of Proverbs, another memory verse trust in Jehovah with all a heart, lean not to thine own understanding knowledge him in all our ways and he will direct our path. Memory verse. All it was, was a memory verse, knowing it, but not doing it. Just cause I memorized it. Oh, I know the word. I know what the word say, bro. I know what the word says, but I know what the word says, but That's too many buts. You know what the word say, but you ain't going to do what the word say. That's all. Well, no, no, I don't mean it like that. Well, how do you mean it? Let me stop beating up on y'all. They did not get what Yeshua was saying. Verse 52. The Jews therefore strove among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? How can this man give us his flesh to eat? See, they didn't know he was the word but they had the word. They had the word quote, quote. but they didn't recognize the word. They had the word, but they didn't recognize the word. See, when Yeshua taught, what did he teach? He says, listen, I do nothing of myself. The thing that I'm sharing with you is the thing father gives me. So if father is giving him words and they got words, but the words they got, don't align with he who is the word and what he's saying, then we got two different words in the mix. That's the reality folks. They had their understanding of the word, but they didn't recognize the Word, which means their understanding of the word and the word was two different things. And whether we realize it or not, when we don't incorporate the word in our decision, is he obligated to bless us? Is he obligated to fight for us? Is he obligated to provide for us? No, that's the covenant. You will be my people. I will be your Elohim. My people is going to follow me. My people is going to deny themselves. My people are going to follow this way even to the death of the cross. They're not going to lean to their own understanding. They're not going to trust their way of thinking above my word. They're going to look to me, acknowledge me, seek me, honor me, obey me, abide in me. So they say, how can this man give us his flesh? He wasn't trying to get them to eat his body. He was trying to get them to recognize I am the word. Then Yeshua said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the son of man. Now, come on, parable. Except you eat the flesh of the son of man. You can hear this. See, you hear it now because of the things you've been taught. But put yourself in their shoes hearing it for the first time. But they know who he is. They've already recognized who he is. They know what he's talking about. And he's going to explain. it. He says, except you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood. Eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood. Eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood. See, some people don't see communion here. They see eating his flesh. Isn't this what he said when he took the bread and, and the wine? This is my body. This is my blood. See, Messiah Is trying to get us to live our lives in accordance to the word. Show you, whoso eat my flesh and drink my blood hath eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. See, Catholics can deny people communion all they want, but eternal life is not in that crack and grape juice. It's not in that. You can drink all the wine and eat all the crackers and still be a heathen. I'm pedophile, a molester. For my flesh is meat indeed and my blood is drink indeed. The flesh, body and the blood, the bread and wine, the word of Elohim, Yeshua in the midst. It's all there. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Again, when we are gathered together in the word of Elohim, he is Emmanuel, Elohim with us. When we are gathered together in the word, he is Emmanuel. He is Elohim with us. Why? Because his word is right there laid out in front of us. And this is what we're discussing. We're communing together in his word, he in the midst of us having conversation concerning him, learning of him, and then taking the things that we learn when we disperse from one another and apply those things and walk out those things. There's certain things you're not going to see. You're not going to see the miracles, the power of his spirit until you step out and begin to call on him to manifest himself. I can tell you, brothers and sisters, there've been so many times I've been shocked. When I stepped out in faith, not knowing what was going to happen, only to see him honor the thing that I stepped out in. And even now, as I continue to go through challenging times and looking around and and just looking at all of the signs, let me tell you something the signs are gloomy, the signs are disturbing. It looks like things are bad. But do you know a wicked and adulterous generation look for signs? We don't walk by signs. We walk by faith. The signs around you will tell you, man, things are going bad. Things are going south. And all of the the naysayers and the soothsayers and the purveyors of doom and gloom. Do you know that the media has gotten rich, extremely wealthy, off of promoting doom and gloom. That's the job. And so if you're listening to the news, I don't care who it is, NBC, ABC, CBN, Fox, you name it. They're putting their spin on it. I look at it to see what's going on, but I know who controls all things. And we have to keep our eyes on him and not let the news tell us what's going on. Because you know as well as I do, all of them lie. They do. Can I tell you something else you may not be aware of? Did you know ABC competes with NBC for ratings? Did you know CBS competes with Fox? They're all competing with each other. For what? For ratings? For viewership? Just like Facebook for likes and views, like YouTube. Why? Because the more the viewership, the more advertising dollars come in, which is what caused the sensationalism. So they present the news in a sensational, straight face way. And the ones who have the straightest face, who can read that teleprompter while they, you think they're looking at you talking, like they got all this information in their heads without messing up. The better they are at reading that teleprompter and keeping a a straight face and flowing with that thing, the more money they get paid. They're like actors. That's what they are. That's who they are. The bread of life and the word of Elohim is one and the same. The bread of life is the word of Elohim. Yeshua, the bread of life, is the word of Elohim made flesh. When Yeshua spoke of eating his flesh and drinking his blood, he was speaking of himself as the word of Elohim. I got a few more scriptures. I wanted to try to get all this in without doing a part two because just give me a little bit more time and I'm going to try not to go off track here. Here's what the Revelator wrote In the beginning was the word. Now, for those of you who don't know, John, who wrote John, and then I know there's some conversations out there, but first John, second John, third John, and the book of Revelation is perceived to be the same. In the beginning was the word and the word was with Elohim. The word was Elohim and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. The word of Elohim, who Yeshua was, is full of grace and truth. The man, wasn't full of grace and truth. The man was the word that became the man. It was the word that was full of grace and truth. Many separate Yeshua from the word. There's Yeshua and there's the word. All I need is Jesus. All I need is Jesus. But remember, he is the word. You can't have him without the word. How can you separate the man, the name from the word? He is the word for me to receive him. I got to receive who he is. He is the word of Elohim. I can't accept him and reject the word, but that don't stop people from doing it. There are billions who have the testimony of Yeshua, the testimony of Jesus, but reject the word of Elohim. In the book of Revelation, John made clear that the word of Elohim and the testimony of Yeshua was separate from one another, but connected to one another. Can't have one without the other. Here it is. Revelation 1-2, who bear record of the word of Elohim and of the testimony of Yeshua, the Messiah, and of all things that he saw. John. Revelation 1-9, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Yeshua Messiah was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of Elohim and for the testimony of Yeshua Messiah. Revelation six, nine. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar, the souls of them that were slain for the word of Elohim and for the testimony, which they held the testimony of Messiah. Revelations 24, and I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Yeshua and for the word of Elohim, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Messiah a thousand years. The thing that's going to keep you from receiving the mark of the beast is the word of Elohim. You get away from the word of Elohim, you won't recognize the mark of the beast. You think it's gonna be some dragon, some devil, somebody with a branding iron with 666 that's gonna poke you in the head. Folks talking about some chip in their hands or some implant. Folks don't know what the mark of the beast is, the number of man. But it don't stop people from from speculating and writing books. The only thing that's going to keep you from falling prey to the mark of the beast is the word of Elohim. And if you don't know the word of Elohim, you won't be able to distinguish it from the beast. Because why? The beast is going to be speaking the word twisted. The beast is going to manifest himself as if he is the Messiah. He's going to look just like him. When the enemy, when the devil took Messiah up to that high place and began to talk to him while he was in the wilderness, what did he use? The word. He twisted the word, spoke the word, and Yeshua said, hey, you know what? I get you. What you're saying is true. But thou shalt not tempt. I know that what the word, if I jump off this building. He will give his angels charge over me, lest I dash my foot against the stone. But if I jump off this building, it's because I'll be doing what you say. I know he will catch me. I'm confident that he will catch me. I don't have to jump off the building to know he will catch me. But if I jump, it won't be because he instructed me to do it. It would be because you instructed me and I don't listen to you. So, what was the devil speaking? The devil was preaching the word. And there are people who got these sound bites, scripture, sound bites that don't line up with the whole council. They got word that they're standing on. But the people had word when Yeshua came, except their word and he who was the word was incompatible. And that's where a lot of people are today. Again, Yeshua, his name is called the word of Elohim. Revelation 19, 13. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of Elohim. Wait a minute, I thought his name was Jesus. Wait a minute, I thought his name was Yeshua. Wait a minute, I thought his name was Yahushua. I thought his name was Yahshua. Those are natural terms by which we call him. Those are physical names, just like your name and my name. But he is not the name. He is the word. His name is the word. So to receive his name, oh, there's nothing like the name. Basically, there's nothing like the word. What word? The word that was made flesh. See, before Yeshua became the man, he was the word. The word existed before he became the man, and he was the word that existed before he became the man. You get this? He didn't become a word. He was the word. Ephesians six seventeen. here's another one for you to take home with you. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of Elohim. What do you fight with? You fight with the word, not religious Christian sound bites. From time to time, I speak about the two of me and the two yous, and there's the natural-minded me and you and the spirit-minded me, and I'll close with these. Just as our natural physical self needs food, our spirit self needs food. Our natural self man eats natural food. Our spirit self man must be fed spirit food. If we do not feed our natural self man natural food, our natural fleshly self man will waste away and will die. Stop eating. See what happens. If we do not feed our spirit self man food, our spirit man will waste away and do what? Die. Just as we can feed our natural self man, natural junk food. You know, people listen to more music than they listen to the word. They listen to music about Jesus instead of listening to Yeshua. And I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters, you know as well as I do, what draws you is the sound, the inflection, the beat, the instruments. You take all that stuff away and what do you got? Words. Take all the music away from the stuff you listen to. What do you got? Words. You will find it's not the words for most that inspires them. It's all of the stuff that goes along with the words. Half of the stuff you don't even understand. You ever listen to some of these rappers? You can't even figure out what they say. You see. And some of this music, if you take away the. The sound, the instruments, the beats, the backup singers, the lights, the bells and whistles. And all you got is a voice. That's all you got. So people's love is not for the words as much as it is all the stuff that makes the words sound pretty. The dragon was not after them that had the testimony of Jesus only. Revelation 12, 17. And the dragon was wrought with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments. Who's the dragon fighting? Who's the dragon chasing? Who's the dragon after? Them which keep the commandments of Elohim and have the testimony of Yeshua. Well, what if all you got is the testimony? Dragon said, oh, you're fine. I got some other people to concern, about. you just keep on listening to your music and going to church and doing all your Christian stuff and I'll be back. See, because there's no threat. Most of the Christians out there ain't no threat to nothing. They hang out in the world and doing the stuff the world's doing just like the world is doing it. And many of them, you can't tell the difference between them and the world. And I'm not trying to be mean because there's a messianics like that, too. But the dragon ain't studying you if you ain't keeping the commandments and have the testimony. So you got people who are keeping the commandments as they know it, but reject Yeshua. And you got people who got the testimony of Yeshua, but reject the commandments. And the dragon ain't studying either one of them. Stun- he ain't. He ain't impressed. It's like he got bigger fish to fry. And we got to catch them fish before he them. That just came to me. John identified the patience of the saints as, here's the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of Elohim and the faith of Yeshua. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You can find more inspirational teachings and download our free ebooks on our ministry website at arthurbaileyministries.com. Please follow us on Facebook at House of Israel Arthur Bailey Ministries on Instagram at Apostle Arthur Bailey on Twitter at Apostle Bailey and you can subscribe to our YouTube page at Apostle Arthur Bailey one if you're in the Charlotte area please come in fellowship with us we'll do our best to make you feel right at home our address is on our website at the about link under contact us again thank you for joining us and until next time Shalom Saints